This is Bible teacher and author Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. If a fire broke out in your home, the first thing that you would reach for is a fire extinguisher. Why? Well, it's because fire extinguishers have great power to immediately stop or at least minimize the damage that a fire can cause. Well, today, we're going to be talking about some fire extinguishers of our faith. I'm so glad that you've joined me for this Bible study that I've entitled, Refined, Finding Joy in the Midst of the Fire. You know, it's probably water that has the greatest power to extinguish a blazing fire, isn't it? Fire departments all across the world use water to put out blazes that erupt on their city streets or in people's homes. Well, today we're going to be talking about some powerful fire extinguishers that we can use in our lives when fires break out. Yesterday, we talked about the power of the fast and how fasting will minimize the devastation that a fire can cause. Fasting causes a fire to simply die out. Today, we're going to be talking about another such fire extinguisher of the faith. We're going to be talking about the power of worship in your life. Let me read to you from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. In this you greatly rejoice. Now, let me pause right there and say, remember that word greatly. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So Peter begins by saying, in this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. This word greatly is never used in the secular Greek. It was a word peculiar to Christianity at this moment in time. You know what I believe? We're the only ones, Christians are the only ones who get this. We're the only ones who understand the power of the greatly. We're the only ones who understand the importance of not just rejoicing, but greatly rejoicing. We benefit from the decision to greatly rejoice when we suffer. If you haven't tried this yet, you might want to try it today to greatly rejoice regardless of what you're going through in the natural. You see, this is what I know. When I rejoice greatly, it lowers the temperature 
of the fire that I am in. This type of great rejoicing remains unhindered and unchanged by what is happening in our circumstances. You know, as believers in Jesus Christ, let's get that word why out of our vocabularies. What do you say? Rather than ask, God, why me? How about greatly rejoicing instead? Rather than whining about the unfairness of your life, how about worshiping instead? Rather than curling up into a fetal position and becoming paralyzed by the flames, how about worshiping with all your might? The power of worship is this. Worship brings no attention to self or to circumstances, but it places all of the attention on God, the creator, the lover of our souls, the prince of peace, the mighty counselor, the friend who sticks closer than a brother, our savior, our Lord. Worship brings no attention to self, but places all attention on God. That's why when you're in a fire, you especially need to greatly rejoice. You should in no way be moved by the flames of your circumstances, but your eyes should be focused on Jesus Christ and your hands should be lifted toward heaven. Your heart should be beating out of your chest with a desire to greatly rejoice and your mouth should be open in a song of praise. The good news is this, the trials or the fire won't go on forever, but the worship, now that will go on and on and on. Peter goes on to say in 1 Peter 1, 7, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you rejoice, if you choose to greatly rejoice, then the proof of your faith will be even a greater reason for rejoicing. Did you know that your faith is more precious than gold to Jesus Christ? And think about it for a minute. Gold is the most valuable commodity on planet earth. Everything else of value is compared to the price of gold on a daily basis. But this verse says that your faith is more valuable than gold at its highest price. And just like gold is tested by fire, so is our faith tested by fire. This is what I believe. It's necessary to get the self out of our faith. It's necessary to get the humanness out of our faith so that our faith is 100% pure Jesus and none of us. And then Paul reminds us that gold, as valuable and as expensive as we might deem it to be this side of heaven, it is not eternal. Gold will not last forever. The things that we value will not last forever. But do you know what will last forever? Our faith will echo through the caverns of eternity. Our faith was made to last forever. And then Peter says in verse 8, And though you have not seen him, 
you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. You know, in the natural, what you see are trials and what you feel is the heat of the fire, but what you love is him. What you love is Jesus in the middle of your fire. What you believe in is Jesus while the flames are raging. That is why you can rejoice. You're not rejoicing because of the fire. You're rejoicing because Jesus is in the fire with you. We don't rejoice because of the fire or because of the trials, but we continue to greatly rejoice because of Jesus. And so this is what we do. We rejoice with joy inexpressible and filled with heaven's glory. This word inexpressible or indescribable, once again, it's the only time this word is used in the New Testament. And it describes a joy so deep and so profound that human words cannot describe it. Human words cannot express it. A human mind cannot wrap itself around it in understanding. Joy indescribable. I know of a pastor who pastors a very large church in an affluent area of Florida. People in his congregation have every material thing they could ever want, and yet they struggle with depression and with loneliness and purpose. Wait a minute. These are the people with the six and seven figure incomes. These are the people with BMWs and they shop on Rodeo Drive. And yet these people struggle with loneliness and depression and purpose. Well, this pastor, just to escape the materialism that he faced every day in his pastorate, he took a missions trip to Uganda just to get away from the futility of our Western culture. The people in Uganda have been through war and famines, and most have had members of their family brutally murdered, and yet they are filled with joy unspeakable. They sing their way through every day. They share the word at night around the fire in the middle of the village with tears of joy dripping down their faces. They don't even know they are in a fire. So pure are their hearts and so great is the sound of their rejoicing. You see, these believers in Uganda know something that you and I largely ignore. Joy does not come from things or from events. It comes from him. The reason we worship is not because we have it all. The reason we worship is because we have him in spite of it all. When my family and I lived in North Carolina many years ago, there was a family, we didn't know them well, but they lived across town and we knew of them. And one morning, their 14-year-old daughter didn't wake up. She'd gone to bed the night before with a headache, and she never woke up. They rushed her to the hospital that morning, and she died two weeks later due to a tumor in her brain. This 14-year-old daughter had been bound for greatness. She was an athlete and a musician. She was a leader and a scholar. And the Christian community in Raleigh, North Carolina, reeled from the unfairness of this bright life snuffed out before its prime. 
I went to her funeral, and the 1,000-seat sanctuary was filled to overflowing. There were hundreds of young people from her church and her school and her neighborhood and from other schools in the area. Her parents were ushered in right before the first worship song was played. And as the choir began to sing, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, her parents stood to their feet in the front row and raised their hands toward heaven. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I can guarantee you today that worship will get you through the fire. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.